the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Money Monday on The Answer. Josh Pick, Aptus Wealth Management, our guest, as he is every Monday at 1230. And you can catch Josh and I on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Friday night at 7, Saturday afternoon at 2. We talk a lot about how you can grow your wealth. That's what they specialize at, Aptus Wealth Management. Set up your free consultation, 614-917-1040, or you can do it on the web at Aptus, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. So, Josh, we have the Fed meeting this week, and we'll get to that. But first of all, I wanted to explore with you a little bit of um, something that I hear often from the administration, that inflation across the world is bad. They ins- they say that it's worse than it is here. And I just kind of wonder, like, I we all saw the video a week or so ago of Chairman Xi in China having his uh, predecessor led away. Uh, do we need to be concerned about the quote-unquote global economy? And is China, as Tim Ryan says, kicking our butt? Like, what's going on with China's economy? Is that relevant to all, to uh, the, the nation's economy? And uh, is China's economy robust? And is ours behind it or maybe we're not as bad when we do compare to other economies well we can't ignore that china's got the second largest economy in the world so obviously what happens in china is pretty important and i think you know as kind of a a student of history which i think we should all be um it's easy to look back back throughout history and, and say things like well what happens in china really isn't that relevant in the united states but that's just simply not the case today uh, we're a very much a interlinked global economy so what happens in china is very much important and China, uh, while they have been, quote-unquote, kicking our butt in a lot of respects over the last several years, they have their own host of problems. Uh, you know, I mean, we have this unprecedented, if you want to call it an election, that just occurred, which kind of points us in a direction of a regime change and how they're going to participate on the world stage. They've talked very openly about um, kind of starting to be more self-reliant, starting to maybe not be as involved in trade with the United States. But they have their problems with real estate. Uh, they're entering into what it appears to be a real estate bubble, much like we saw back during 08, 09. Um, their economy is, you know, their, their quote S&P 500, if you, know, you want to think of it that way, is down about twice what ours is. The renminbi, which is their currency, is weakening dramatically versus the dollar. And uh, I think oftentimes we think about the problems that we have in the United States with our Fed having to raise interest rates and us having, you know, quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. And, you know, we might not be able to look past our nose sometimes, but the reality is other countries do the same thing. And they have done similar things, different but similar, in their ability to stimulate the economy throughout the years, which has a ripple effect across the world. If they, you know, uh, lax their their quantitative policies and they inject a bunch of capital back into their society, it's great for them, which is great for the world. They've kind of run out of rope just like we have to a certain degree. So. Uh, their problems are, in fact, related to our problems. But believe it or not, we look better than they do in a lot of respects. Wow. Josh Pick is our guest. He's with Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center just off Route 750, not far from the 23270 interchange. They work with many of their clients remotely. So if you're out of the area, 
It's uh, not an impediment to working with Aptus, and you can set up your free consultation at 614-917-1040 or at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. We've had back-to-back weeks of gains in the markets. That's the first time that's happened since August, but it was weird. Like, we got earnings reports last week for some tech companies like Apple and Intel and T-Mobile, and they were good, but Facebook and Amazon were down, so is the tech sector, like, a mixed bag right now? What kind of warning signs do you see out there in terms of what's ahead, given those earnings reports of last week, which a lot of investors really watch very closely? Not only were they down, I mean, you know, Meta or, you know, the parent company of Facebook, as we know, it was down 20%, I believe, uh, just on Thursday. So obviously a tumultuous week for for Meta. And, you know, I think as we look at rate hikes, as we look at, um, you know, earnings reports, in the short run, they have a dramatic impact because you have speculators in the market saying, I believe that when earnings reports come out, it's going to be favorable and I'm going to make a quick buck. Um, so, you know, to our end, is it concerning that Facebook was down while other companies were up? Not really, uh, because that's a short-term trend. What's more important to us is things like uh, macroeconomic changes across the globe, like we talked about with China, the fact that consumer demand overall seems to be softening, the fact that, you know, the three-month Treasury is hovering and kind of tangling back and forth with a 10-year Treasury, which means you can get the same interest rate on your savings or your money in a three-year Treasury as you can in a 10-year Treasury. Ooh, These weird. are much more concerning uh, things to us than what happens on a daily basis with Facebook. That doesn't mean we're not watching it. We, it's not to say it's not important, but it's also not to say that, you know, we're gloom and doom about the future of the economy. But I do think there are some very significant things occurring right now and will be occurring over the next couple of days that can have some pretty dramatic impacts on the short term, uh, you know, volatility of the market. Speaking with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management, and Josh has a very helpful YouTube channel that you can find by subscribing to it via the link at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. It gives you a chance, the YouTube channel does, to break down uh, the topics slowly. You can watch them again. You can take notes, and you can get a hold of Josh and his team for a free consultation at 614-917-1040. Okay, tomorrow the Fed is meeting. They have raised rates five straight months. Uh, I'm, I don't know what this means. You tell me. The first four times they raised rates, the markets went up 2.2, 3%, 1.5, The last time they did it, the market went up immediately. Then an hour later, it went way down. And 30 minutes later, it jumped up. And then an hour after that, it dropped to a low point of the day. Uh, is that just inexplicable or is that like okay, whoa, we like the first four rate increases, this last one we don't like, or is there any rhyme or reason to how the markets react to what the Fed does tomorrow? Yeah, seemingly clear as mud, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I think what this really points to, and I'm obviously speculating because nobody really knows how the market is going to react, but I would make an argument that on the first couple of rate hikes, it showed that the Fed was taking the inflationary problem seriously. Uh, while simultaneously we still continue to have supply chain issues, we still uh, continue to be a very vibrant economy with money to spend. So while those rate hikes were welcomed because it showed their seriousness, it also was not enough because the demand was still high. So the market continues to charge. Now, as this kind of filters through the system that, man, maybe things aren't as good as we thought they were, maybe we do have larger problems than we than we think you'll start to see these Fed rate hikes create quite a chop in the market. 
And sometimes the market goes up, sometimes it goes down, and sometimes you have this sideways chop or volatility. And I think for the at least immediate future and what we've seen over the last six to 12 months is while it's gone down, there has been a tremendous amount of sideways chop. Even last couple of weeks where we talked about, you know, thank goodness we're starting to see positive weeks. If you look at the interweek uh, reports uh, or, or numbers, they're, they're all over the place, up 3% one day, down 3% the next, and you can see the uncertainty in the market. And I don't think the next Fed rate hike is going to help that cause, but we'll see. Do you think they're independent of the political fallout here? I mean, we obviously have a midterm election coming up in a week, and I, I don't know what the Biden administration would want, but uh, it's, you know, I'm just wondering, are they, they say they're independent of political, you know, persuasion or pressure. Uh, do you see that in, in, in evidence from what the Fed has done here over the last few months? I mean, by doctrine, they're supposed to be, but I think we would all be naive without even putting on our tinfoil hats to believe that there isn't some um, sway that the federal government can have on the Fed to some capacity. Now, I'm sure some people are listening and going, ah, you know, no, or I'm understating it. So there's probably people on both sides of that fence. But I think what the answer to your question, what the Biden administration would probably like, and again, pontificating, but I would assume that they would like that the overwhelming majority of folks would think that the Fed rate hike is going to be three-quarters of a percent, and then they come in at a half a percent, thus boosting, uh, you know, historically at least, that would have a positive impact on the stock market and make, uh, you know, the incumbents look good heading into the elections. But but we'll see, and we'll see if I'm right, and we'll see if, uh, in fact, the Fed uh, does any of that or if they are, in fact, non-biased. Yeah, we will see over the next two days. We'll get our answer. If you need answers to your financial questions, and in this market, I don't know who doesn't, help uh, uh, figure out what's going on. Aptus Wealth Management stands ready to help you. 614-917-1040 is how you set up a free consultation. You can do it online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Catch Josh and I on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show Friday at 7 and Saturday afternoon at 2. And we look forward to visiting with you again next Monday. Josh, thanks so much for your time. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, we'll find out what the Fed does this week. The last rate increase of 75 basis points in September took the federal funds rate, that's the rate banks pay, over 3% for the first time in a long time. And another 0.75 basis points rate would take it over 4% for the first time since 2008. But don't worry, Joe Biden says everything's fantastic. Well, we have the midterm election coming up Tuesday, and there's this unwritten rule out there that you don't do anything politically provocative 90 days, within 90 days of an election. Did they beat that deadline, or did they just barely violate it by raiding Trump's Mar-a-Lago home? I forget, but a lot of people thought, well, they were down to the nub on it, 90 days before the election, la, 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 la. Now, they're not going to indict Trump before next Tuesday, because (laughs) that would bring out a wave of Republican voters. But what happens after the midterm? Well, they're going to want to shift the narrative, right? They're going to want to get control of the narrative. Do they ever evaluate the narrative and say, "Mm, narrative not working, time for new narrative? No, I don't think so. Because the narrative leading up to this midterm, which has been, if the polls are right, increasingly tilting toward Republicans. The narrative has been insurrection, 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 abortion, abortion, abortion. 
Orange man bad, orange man bad, orange man bad. I mean, I, it's the you say, wait, that's the narrative in a bunch of elections. Like, yeah, it is. The Dems won in 2020. Eh. They, they got credit for the win in 2020. And so I guess you stick with a winning hand. It won't be a winning hand a week from today, I don't think. So what will happen? Well, more of the same, right? Pound that same old tired narrative. The Hill, left-leaning, says Republican aides and strategists expect Attorney General Merrick Garland to pursue an indictment of former President Trump within 60 to 90 days after Election Day. Predicting the window for prosecuting Trump will close once the 2024 presidential campaign gains momentum. And you know how we are. We're always running for re-election, right? We're always running the next election cycle. So this election cycle will play out in November. We'll get a new House, a new Senate in January. And then by the time we get to March, it's going to be, you're going to start to see presidential election of 2024 become a thing. I actually think, I mean, if this wave happens Tuesday, November the 8th, if, let's say it gets really, really, really red Let's say Don Bolduck wins New Hampshire. Uh, let's say, is it Tiffany Smiley wins in Washington? Let's say Lee Zeldin wins governor of New York. Like, if Democrats lose their Senate seat in the state of Washington, their Senate seat in New Hampshire, the governorship of New York, if Raphael Warnock gets beat in Georgia, if Mark Kelly loses in Arizona— I don't think we're going to have to wait until March of 2023 for the, that's it, Joe Biden can't run, Joe Biden's lost his party, Joe Biden, no more, no more old creepy Joe. By the way, did you see the video over the weekend of creepy Joe Biden out somewhere? Here he is, coming up to a girl, she looks like eh, 14, 15. He's pinning or pasting something on her upper left shoulder, like uncomfortably close to a place that he has no business being near. And then he gets in her face and he kisses her like, dude, this creepy old dude tried that with one of my daughters. I'd separate them immediately. So this kind of stuff, once Biden, if Biden gets whacked in the midterms, Democrats are going to be out of patience with him, out of patience. And uh, and you'll see it. You'll see them starting to talk about, well, no, he can't run in 2024. Who's going to run? And they got a problem in 2024 because Kamala is not going to go quietly into that good night. Uh, you might have heard she's a black woman. <laughs> That's how she got the job. Problem with giving someone the job because they're a black woman is it's very hard not to give them the next job because they're still a black woman. And so she's not going to cease to be a black woman. Just because Joe Biden has been exposed as a feckless, impossible-to-elect president. And uh, so we'll see. That'll be fun. Gavin Newsom, he wants that so bad he can taste it. Which, again, how shallow is the Democrats' depth? We say, hey, who's your backup plan? Oh, oh, our backup plan is the governor of the state with the highest taxes in America. With some of the most oppressive lockdown tactics in America, which he violated by going to dinner without a mask. Oh, the state where people are leaving in droves, the one where they've had negative population growth for the first time 
maybe ever. That's our savior. Okay, good. Excellent plan. Stick with it. Now, this headline caught my eyes because earlier today, I happened upon a video of a Starbucks barista, okay? Starbucks barista complaining about how hard it is to be a Starbucks barista. Give a brief listen. He's crying. I'm like a full-time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week. And then on weekends, they schedule me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, both Saturday and Sunday. I'm like three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers and we have four people on the floor all day. I know you're, you're, you're overwhelmed with, you know, the world's large, the world's smallest violin playing a concerto for this poor barista. 25 hours a week works, which a lot of people do to put themselves through school, work more than that. Starbucks so busy. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be good when you more tips when they empty store, no tips, full store, lots of tips. I'm just saying crying his or her eyes out. I have no idea. And um, this is the generation that if we get in a shooting war, we're going to be drafting soldiers from. You might as well start practicing our... (laughs) Start practicing Mandarin right now. Uh, But this generation is the generation that is the climate alarmist generation. Here's a headline, NBC4. Outside a locked building holding the offices of Ohio State University's top administrators, Isabella Juangungo led the same chants and shouted the same demands on Friday. Ones she's been making for nearly two years. Ohio State needs to rethink its energy policies and priorities. Giangundo is with the Ohio Youth for Climate Justice. And Friday morning, she and her 59 compatriots in the Ohio Youth for Climate Justice crew were outside Ohio State's Bricker Hall protesting Ohio State's impact on climate change. Protesters held signs reading, You're killing us. And RIP fossil fuels. They want Ohio State to divest itself from all investment in fossil fuels companies. Now, I know this will come as a grand shock to you, but Isabella Giangundo is majoring in women's gender and sexuality studies. Yes, I know. I was shocked by that, too. I thought I thought maybe she was a student to become an industrial engineer or something that might actually have, you know, utility in our culture. Uh, So they're out there screaming, yelling, doing all kinds of things, trying to disrupt business on the Ohio State campus. Here's an idea. Go to class, get a degree, gain a position of influence, and affect change that way. Works better. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.